right, riddle me this, Kev. What's one of the first upgrades you should do to your vehicle? What is it? What do you go for? Well, you might think power, but ultimately, from a smart and safe perspective, definitely the brakes. Yeah, no doubt. Upgraded braking systems can really transform a vehicle's performance and honestly give you better peace of mind behind the wheel in any situation. You know, from the track to off-road trails, even the morning commute, every single vehicle deserves performance brakes at an affordable price. And no matter what your vehicle or driving style, PowerStop has complete brake upgrade kits for you. So head to PowerStop.com, fill in your vehicle's information into their easy-to-use brake finder to be matched with complete kits and components that are low-dust, noise-free, and feature upgraded stopping power. That's right. You could join the thousands of other drivers that have already transformed their vehicle into a stopping powerhouse today with PowerStop. PowerStop.com, brake upgrades made easy. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It is the Two Guys Garage Podcast. He is Kevin Bird. I am Willie B. And today, my man, we are talking flying, flying on pavement, because that's really what it feels like. You're flying. <laughs> it's all about uh, going sideways. Yeah, man. We all know about the drift. We all know about the burnout. It's about putting it kind of together at high speed, right? Yeah. And doing a little dance. Yeah, it is, man. You, you know, you've been out with me enough to know that, you know, I'm a big fan. I, I love the drifting stuff, man. My... Uh, my nephew, who's uh, who's got a big nasty LS BMW drift car, and he's out there on the circuit killing it. Just uh, he won some little drift event in Kentucky. He went up the next day and and uh, went and rocked to Indianapolis. So he's been busy drifting. But today we get to talk to today we get to talk to uh, the real deal, man. Uh, Matt Fields, a guy who who does it for a living, uh, and this is one of those things where a lot of people like to dream that they can drift, but man, until you're in a car pitching that bitch at like 60 miles an hour with his tongue hanging out, RPMs cracking off the rev limiter, tires getting annihilated, and you're just yippee kaye the whole time. You don't know drifting, man. Drifting knows you. That's right. And it's one thing, I'm sure, to drift out in a big, wide-open parking lot. It's another thing to drift side-by-side, side, dancing with another car, trying to get as close as you can, getting up to and next to objects, obstacles, barrier walls, etc. So... Yeah, man, things get a little bit uh, escalated on, uh, you know, bad things that can happen. So, yeah, us little weekend warriors that uh, throw our car around a corner a little bit or in the snow, it, I, don't think we're, uh, I don't think we're even scratching the surface. Let's be honest, because first time you saw like a Gymkhana video, you were out there in some Kroger oh. parking lot, some Walmart parking lot going, I got it, bitch, I got it, I can do it, and you're not even close. <laughs> Dude, um, you know, so I moved to Detroit from Florida. Grew up, you know, in the Sunshine State, sweating everybody part all the time. Uh, you know, my first winter, I'm like, oh, geez, man, it's big snow. I've seen these uh, uh, big snowstorms on TV. Like, this is going to be crazy. You know, I got a four-wheel drive little Ranger just to get something started. And, yeah. you know, first snows, because, you know, we've always had horsepower, you and I. We've always yeah. drifted in our non-professional way. But, you know, the first snows was like... Dude, this is awesome. I'm going back to 2WD and I'm going to spend, you know, instead of two hours in a, you know, snow traffic, 
I'm just going to find every back road, little twisty that I can find. I'll spend three or four hours just drifting my way home in the snow in my two-wheel drive mode truck, you know, but that's at 15, 20, 30 miles an hour. That's not 60, 70, 80, yeah, and man. whatever these guys are doing, you know, like it sure is a lot of fun. Hey, have you ever done circle drags? Circle drags, I host circle drags all the time at a, at a track. I, I, you know me, I, I do a lot of quarter mile racing, eighth mile racing. But circle drags is one of the funniest way to watch people get into drifting on accident because uh, <laughs> it, it's one of those things that they're completely like, whoa, you'll see them come out of the car, the car gets all unsettled, and you're like, turn into it, turn into it, they did, turn it. Never mind, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> well, not everybody's, uh, you know, not everybody's experienced as to how to hold the drift, how to get the drift started. Uh, how to control it. So we got Matt Field on. Matt, man, thanks for joining us. This is going to be fun, man, because this is probably every car dude's sort of dream fantasy, right? To live your life, to write, have your job. So maybe, you know, in the, in the course of this podcast, well, you got a little of those things to maybe keep some of us out of trouble or, uh, you know, remind us that we should stay in our lane. Or get you in trouble. That, that's more than exactly. what's going to happen with it. But yeah, yep. I mean, you, you said it, you hit the nail on the head. I think that we all started somewhere, all of us drifters, whatever, from the guy who just learned how to do donuts all the way up to the professional leagues. We all started somewhere. We all started sliding the car around at one point. For me, it was around a, a wet parking lot at night in a parking lot that we definitely did not have any permission to be at. And you kind of just hung out there till you got chased out by the security or the cops. But Man, that was a long time ago before the car scene is what it is, and you got to be careful now. But this is also the reasons why almost any weekend in the U.S. you can go drifting. Any state, oh, any absolutely. weekend, you can find a drift event to go to at a racetrack um, where it's legal. So I think we're very fortunate that we're at a place right now where drifting is kind of mainstream now. It's accepted. Everyone knows what it is. They support it, and you can do it. Hey, hey real quick. Did you ever, when you first got into it, it was so – you know, out in left field, there weren't any really events to, to make it happen. Did you ever think you were going to see it come to a to fruition and, and, and be like a, a full-on circuit? And, you know, you got drones, cameras, and, you know, it's lights, camera, action, baby. It's in every action movie nowadays. There's an aspect of drifting. Uh, did you ever think it was going to become so mainstream? You know, when, we, when I first started, you had like the, the OGs, right? The original guys who were drifting. Yeah. And I was kind of second generation at least in, in the U, in the US right the japanese have been doing it even 10 years before that but i kind of knew that it was heading in that direction i really do but you don't know how much it's going to catch on but i think that it's eye opening when you're like oh you can explain something to your grandma and she's like yeah i've seen drifting before like at least they've seen it they might not know every detail they might not know the professional but they they know what it is so that's the grandma check, man. Yeah, you got to get the grandma yep. check. <laughs> if your grandma knows what's going on, then then it's kind of big, you know? It's, it's kind of big. It's the Hudson. It's the Hudson in cars, man. It's, uh, you know, helps. the guy's like, yeah. well, yeah, yeah. If you want to turn to the left, you know, and you turn, you got to turn <laughs> yeah. your wheels this way. It's a you perfect know? And he's Hudson like, voice, no. too. You, spot on there. <laughs> uh, well, look, we got to take a break, man. I'll continue with that Hudson voice and more. Matt Field. Kevin Bird, Willie B. It's the Two Guys Garage Podcast, back after the break. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. 
The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. It is the Two Guys Garage Podcast. He is Kevin Bird. I am Willie B. Fired up, man. We got Matt Field on Drifter Extraordinaire, baby. He's the guy that's out there doing it in not just weekend events, but in serious competition. Um, hey, Matt, I got to tell you, man, how fun is it for you to go into work each day? Like, I'm sure there's days like everything that's hectic and, you know, you got your stresses and your exterior forces that are, are you know, putting pressure on you. But at the same time, dude, you got to be smiles per miles, man. It's crazy. Every morning that I wake up, I, I realize how grateful I am. One, to be able to wake up and then two, to be able to go into my shop. So I'm very fortunate that I was able to make a career out of drifting. So I have my professional race program that we have going on, but we also have Drift Cave, which is a shop where we work on customers' cars, where we build and maintain drift cars for customers. And I get to kind of balance it out. I get to spend some time on the race program. I get to spend some time on with customer stuff. And I'm over here answering phones and the guys are like, is this really Matt? Like they can't believe that I answered my own phone at my own shop. And that's what's cool, man. And all the guys here that I get to work with, they're here because they enjoy being here and they have the passion and the love for the sport of drifting just as much as I do. So all of us are happy to go in, man. It's never a bad day here at the shop. That's like fully living the dream. Not just living the dream, we're like fully living it. In and out, right? In the shop, out in the track. Now, what does it take uh, you know, for a lot of people out there that aren't familiar with the setups? What does it take to get a, any kind of standard car? Because you see all different models, makes and models in years. But what does it take to make it a successful drift car? What are all the features and mods that you need to do to, to kind of be up there in that, uh, you know, competitive kind of echelon? So the cool thing about drifting is that there, is, there are levels to this, right? Just like you said, your, your buddy with the BMW with an LS, I mean, heck, you can even slide a bone stock BMW around. The biggest thing is rear wheel drive, right? That you need to have rear wheel drive no matter what, right? Like that's, yeah, that's a funny looking yeah. uh, drift <laughs> on a front wheel drive. Yes, exactly. So rear wheel drive, honestly, the power doesn't even matter. Everyone thinks that you need thousand horsepower to send a car sideways, but yes, in the professional league you do. But if you just want to learn, man, you need some sort of differential because an open diff just won't cut it, right? No peg leg, no one wheel peel around here. <laughs> Got to have a spool, a welded diff, something. That would be awesome. Uh, and then you can slide a car around. Kind of the next step above that is getting a little bit of steering angle. So usually what we'll do is we'll modify the stock knuckle. And I'm sure a lot of you guys, you're all car guys, you understand the tie rod connects to the knuckle out here. And I'll tell you, if you just shorten it and make it go closer to the hub, life hack unlocked. Like your car immediately has way more steering angle and that allows you to kind of step up to the next level. And then you go many levels up and you have a professional formula drift drift car. And those things are all thousand wheel horsepower, there's always some sort of forced induction with nitrous, sequential gearboxes, 60, 70 degrees of steering angle. And we're talking like billet knuckle, billet arms, 
quick change rear end so that we can change the final drive just with the snap of our fingers. We've all been there where you really want to put some 411s in the back of that thing, but it's hundreds of dollars and a ton of time, but we're very spoiled. We pull the rear cover out of our quick change differential, put two gears in it, send it on its way. So the, the level of cars now are closer to like a prototype than they are like a real deal race car than they are your average street car. But that's just because what we're looking for is a car to go as fast as possible sideways. I think that's a misconception that people have. Like they think that we want loose, low grip tires. No, we want the stickiest tires with the lowest pressure, with the grippiest suspension. And we're trying to go as fast as possible with our bumper on the wall. Yeah, that's something I'd learned years and years ago because I, I had that same impression. Like maybe the tires don't really matter because you're just smoking them anyways. But, you know, that's uh, one of the first lessons I learned was uh, you want the biggest, stickiest tires on there. Even though you're going sideways, you're still trying to get speed yep. sideways, right? You're still trying to get through that course as fast as you can. Um, so, right, it kind of goes against what you would think, but uh, this is some big power, big tire craziness going on. It, there's that moment where your tire get, has so much heat, it almost it makes it a lot slicker than what you would think. It, it, it gets so, so heated that it starts to get slicker and even in a high, you know, treadwear of 200 or lower type, you know, tires supposed to bite grip and, and get you through that stuff. When you're just tearing the, you know, the tires off of that thing, it, you know, it gets pretty slick pretty quick and you just pound the heat to it. I watched, you know, I mentioned earlier, my, my nephew is in this pro comp. He's got a supercharged um, LS or a turbo uh, LS uh, BMW that he, that he's just in the pro comp league. And dude, he's just, He's having a blast, but man, the money you said you weren't kidding me. You said actual race car, dude. They got a hundred and like seventy grand into this car. Wow. And I'm just like, what? It's a drift car. Most people don't understand yeah, man. that a drift car has so many things besides besides the spinning tires going on in it. Um, it it's it's insane how much money and how precise these cars can become. Man, at this point, they're like I said, they are full blown race cars. There's, they're just, a, it's just a different form of race cars, right? You see some of the real high dollar road race cars, some of the prototypes, these like um, sports car classes that they have. We have the same electronics package. You know, our gearboxes are equally as expensive, sometimes more because we're putting down triple the power that some of these sports cars are putting down. And we're trying to make thousand horsepower last as you're dumping the clutch at 7,500 RPM, lifting the front <laughs> yeah. tires off the ground. Like, well, we're doing it sideways. It's just the, the sport has evolved so much, but I think that's a testament to how much the sponsors have put into the sport. We're, we're now a professional sport. And I think that, um, We've come a long way. Hey, do, do you like the old, you know, the old uh, Gambler series, the old, you know, uh, clutch kickers that, that go out there for some money? Are you, are you still a big fan of the, some of the old school drifting that, that happens? Because I, I do a bunch of that, and it's, it's always a blast. Man, I just got done with a grassroots event over the weekend where I think I gave 80-plus ride-alongs. I did like 180 laps. Oh, that's got to be epic. The sport of drifting started out grassroots, and at the end of the day, it still is extremely grassroots. There's more grassroots drifters than there are pro drifters, so Amen. never forget where you've come from. And I think the events that are like clutch kickers in these events, they're putting up big purses to have these guys show up and do it. And yeah, the, the driving shows speaks for itself. Like these guys are throwing down some of these events; they're giving 50k out like to the winners. You know, like people yeah. will show the hell up for 50 grand. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> well, if you think about like you know grassroots you know, light to light drag racing and, you know, throwing a car around kind of drifting it. Right. I mean, that's what, uh, the grassroots is pretty much 
all about. You know, it, it's hard to get that road course action. You know, you can get some twisties, but most people are living in a grid, you know? So yeah, it's about getting sideways or, uh, you know, dragging light to light kind of do, thing. Do you ever find yourself doing any of those? Can, can you do those and, and get by with it? Do you, is that something that you would ever uh, just just like to try to do just for fun, or you and your boys still kick around and do? Man, I um, I'm a drifter through and through. You know, my my life kind of revolves around drifting. It really does. So I try to drive as much as I possibly can, whatever it might be. I'll even show up at a track day and just do a grip stuff at the track day, just because I want to be behind the wheel. And the more you drive, the better. And it's funny because you drive with some of these grassroots dudes who are driving with each other every weekend as well yeah dude they'll lay it on your door and they'll push you around the track just as much as you will like you <laughs> you gotta be on top of your game and yeah. it's like sharpening your weapon you know you gotta yeah. keep your weapon sharp yeah. if you want to show up at the at the highest level that's an absolute warrior mentality man that's a, yeah. that's a warrior mentality to have because it, you never know you always got to keep that game on point and no better way to do it to get back to the you know, the rudimentary basics of it. And, and, you know, it's always good when somebody's leaning on you, pushing on you, regardless of what is, what is in, uh, I'll let bird go with his question, man. I'm just amazed that I can't wait to pick your brain. I'll set up on the car and how you, how you knew this was going to be the, your career path. A lot of people love this hobby and, and something keeps them off of it for a career path. You seem to dive head straight forward into it. Uh, you think that's partly in, in due to your family and the roots you guys have in racing? Yeah, so I'm very fortunate. I think that not everyone gets the same relationship that I have with my dad. My dad grew up racing. He, When he was young, he did mud bog racing, and then that kind of transitioned to off-road racing. And it's funny, my dad, he racing was just a hobby for him, right? He was kind of a suit his whole life, show up nine to five, put in the work, corporate America. And it's funny because when I started getting into motorsport, he told me, son, don't ever go broke racing. Don't ever go broke racing. Don't ever <laughs> go broke racing. Thing. You know, and you know what thing. I said? Sure, whatever. Charge everything on the credit <laughs> card and went racing. You know, I didn't listen. <laughs> Not one bit. But uh, either way, he supported me and he taught me so much. Like I was learning how to weld at 13. I was the kid sliding under the truck with my dad as he fixed stuff. And I've just been immersed in in racing and motorsports kind of my whole life, but it was on, on a hobby level, right? So it's so cool that I get to now bring my dad out to my professional events. He puts the crew shirt on, he's throwing down bloody knuckles, getting in it nice. just like my guys are. Like I, I try to tell him, dad, why don't you just go drink beer and relax and watch in the stands? And he looks at me like I'm stupid, you know? <laughs> it's it's just in our blood. We, we love what we do and I'm very fortunate that I get to do it with my dad because I know a lot of us aren't that lucky. Man, what a great, great start. And, and you mentioned about, um you know, going bankrupt to go racing. I mean, there's really no other better way to go racing than to go bankrupt. Like that is the formula, right? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. yeah, bird, you got it wrong. It you got it wrong, bird. There's no better way and funner way to go bankrupt than exactly. to go racing. It's, it's yeah, hand in hand, right? Go. It's like you know, <laughs> which side of the coin are you looking exactly. at? You know, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. For um, me, it was like uh, you. I knew that this was going to be something big and I knew that nothing had ever grabbed my attention quite like drifting did. I did some dirt bike stuff. I did some quad stuff. I did some off-road racing with my dad. I did skateboarding. Like before I found drifting, skateboarding was my entire life. But once I found drifting, I was like, one, all right, I'm good at this. Like I realized pretty early on, I'm like, I could do donuts right away and I can slide a car around pretty quickly. I'm like, all right, this is cool. I'm good at this. And you know, when you kind of have that feeling like this, I'm good at something that you really just pour your heart and soul into it. And that's 
we're at a difficult place in drifting right now because so many people will they tell themselves i want to be a pro drifter but the realization is is like very few people actually make it to be a professional drifter it it, it takes that dedication in your entire life and for me i'm just fortunate that i got in at a time where you could just get there on pure effort and skills. Now it's at the place where, like you said, these cars are really expensive. You know, like we're driving around $250,000 race cars, throwing them at walls and not everyone can afford to show up like that. But that's why drifting is beautiful. You don't have to have one of those to have a good time. You can get in with the bone stock BMW and really work your way up and put in the time. But it's all about learning how to get some sponsors, learning how to do stuff like this, right? Like I'm so fortunate that you guys have me on here because not only is it good for me and I get to meet you guys and awesome people who I've watched for a really long time, but it's also good for my partners that I have too. Well, you mentioned doing, you know, other kinds of racing. Uh, what do you see about the parallels of like rally racing? And have you ever done any of that? Um, cause you know, it seems like drifting, you know, cause it's newer. It seems like it's a little bit of a spawn off of what you think of like rally racing. You know, where the guys are constantly, you know, it's not for points, right? You're not going for style, but those guys are throwing that round, you know? The one thing that definitely ha drifting has in common with rally racing is the drivers are hell of a wheel, man. You know, like they're, they're next level. When I look at and I see that in car from those rally drivers, I'm just like, my brain melts, you know? But I think it's the same way for a lot of people who watch drifting for the first time. They don't understand how it's even humanly possible. I haven't dabbled in any rally stuff. It's always been off-road trucks and buggies, that kind of stuff with my dad. And rally racing is, I mean, the rally cross is incredible. I would love to wind up in a rally cross car at one point because I love that side-to-side, -side, high energy, make or break, right? You, it's, it's about aggression. And I think drifting is, it's really about aggression. Amen. It's, it's a balancing act between how much aggression you put in and how much finesse. And that's kind of exactly what rallying is too it's a fine line between death and looking like a hero in a rally car that's for sure <laughs> yeah man uh i go to pikes peak hill climb often and man it, it's it's wild to see those cars now that it's paved it's a little more calm and docile but there was a time when we go up there and just watch these guys in the dirt section just hanging out and they're man it, it, they're so close to riding the edge and so close to disaster it's man you got to taste that sort of metal adrenaline in the back of your throat and mouth you get sometimes after a big adrenaline hit like it's got to be something on part of that because these guys <laughs> they hang it out like none other and it's just wild to watch and uh i'm inspired by it i gotta I got tell you whether whether it's you guys whether it's rally racing just to, you know i'm an ex-pro motocrosser man I, I i loved it anytime i see somebody who's just gifted at their their discipline just absolutely murdering it and and doing it with a big smile on their face it's motivation for everybody watching them it's like wow that is so getting it but so fun and he's so on the edge but he's so in control a lot of people don't understand how that can all be possible but it truly is that's uh that's called being in the zone right there right where you can do no wrong you keep your foot to the floor you, your eyes could be closed but you're still right on that line yeah man Getting in the zone amen yep it's that's it it's right in that line and man that's what makes a professional it's knowing exactly <laughs> where it is and being just just on this yep. side of that line so hey we're gonna take a quick break when we come back man love to pick your brain on like what are your tips for yeah. throwing a car around right so hang on to that hang on to that thought right uh how do how you initiate how do you hold it <laughs> emergency break yeah, yeah all those good things so <laughs> Uh, this could be fun, man. All right, back in just a minute. Two guys garage podcast. He's Kevin Bird. I'm Willie B. We'll see you after the break. 
It is the Two Guys Garage Podcast. He is Kevin Bird. I am Willie B. And fired up. We got Matt Field on. Go check out his stuff. My brother texted me. I texted him and said, hey, man, we're talking to Matt Field today. And he said, oh, his bed is awesome. <laughs> um, yeah, man, a lot, of, a lot of the family knows you well, man. And uh, they sure appreciate what you do out there in the world of drifting. Uh, it is such a wild thing to watch and witness. I, I really feel like a lot of people... They understand drifting. They probably understand the concept and get wowed when they see it on TV. But a live event is where you get mesmerized by how sharp these guys are pitching, how how they're riding on rails, but at the same time, there's controlled chaos underneath them. Uh, it is a, a ballet of metal, asphalt, uh, you know, tires frying, smoke peeling, uh, and people cheering all in the same time. It's It's such a cool event. Uh, and something I really, if you're, a, if you're a fan of anything racing, go check out some of these events they have in your local town uh, and local tracks. Because once you go to a drifting event, chances are you're going to leave being a fan of it and want to come back. It, it's wild, man. I, I'm a big fan of watching you guys. I was just hosting the Slush Motorsports Festival down at Pikes Peak uh, International Raceway, PPIR, here in, in uh, Colorado. And uh, they had some, some really talented drifters there. Uh, it's just it's, it's amazing what they're able to do, man. Just uh, It's wild. It's so cool to see what you guys are pushing the envelope on. Man, and I've been to, to PPIR. I've been probably five or six times. Beautiful facility, awesome place, great people. And uh, yeah, you can do some yeah. pretty big high-speed entries over there. That's that's for sure. Yeah, man. You probably know Tommy. Uh, Tommy. Blaine. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Tommy, man, hell of a drifter, and uh, yeah, man, hell of a driver for sure. Uh, like you said, hell of a wheelman. It's you know, it's it's wild, man. Because are there more divisions, tracks that are welcoming this? Where are you guys finding this sport growing exponentially? Because like in drag racing, the world of drag racing, you're seeing a lot of tracks close in around the the country is is drifting something that you're seeing is gaining momentum man you know it's crazy i know of like at least two drag strips that they paved over and added to to turn them into drift tracks so if that's an indication wow. of where the sport is going and by no means i mean i think it's a it's a sad day when any motorsport kind of takes a dive in a certain direction but everyone's talking about it right nascar is talking about trying to get a younger fan involved and nhra kind of the same thing and that's I feel where drifting kind of steps in, right? We we are the bridge that gets those 17, 18 year old kids to put down the video games, get out from behind the computer and go out into the garage and do something because they realize that drifting is obtainable. They can get themselves a thousand dollar beater car and go out and do what we're doing. But man, if you just wake up one day and decide that you want to run a top fuel dragster, there's it's a long way to get there, right? So I think <laughs> So I think that drifting is the beautiful, the beautiful thing that kind of bridges the gap. And I hope that it helps every sport grow a little bit because, you know, people fall in love with drifting, but might find a different sport that they love a little bit more. And they might learn that they love power and they want to go drag racing or vice versa. But that's, that's, that's why the young kids love drifting because it's equally obtainable as they can. It's a gateway drug, man. It's a gateway yeah. drug. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it, it is, is a drug, dude. man. Well, drifting is definitely a drug. Amen, Motorsport's bro, a drug amen. though, isn't it? Well, let's say, let's say you get your couple grand little beater and, and you want to start getting into drifting. What, what do you recommend? What, how does somebody uh, find a place, you know, safe, legal uh, to get out there and kind of, you know, learn the ropes a little bit. And then, you know, eventually, Get to the point where they can compete, but you got to start somewhere, right? Uh, for you've seen so many Mustangs, right? Uh, dudes just doing a burnout <laughs> down the street and psh, sideways into a tree, into a ditch, right? I mean, we all know how easy it is. Yep, 
No one wants to be that guy. <laughs> and those are guys just trying to do a burnout, you know, not not throw the car sideways. So, uh, you know, the level of uh, potential damage uh, is, is exponential. So where, where does somebody get started into this? So my recommendation always like, let's let's talk car real quick. Get yourself the cheapest rear wheel drive car that you can afford, right? And you don't have to buy a thousand. Like if you're a little bit better off and you want to spend five grand on your first drift car, go ahead and do it. But if you can only afford a thousand dollar drift car, that's fine. There's no different. You, you guys are both going to suck equally as bad until you go to your first drift day, right? Like that's just how it is. But I think that the most important thing is like getting involved in the community on the local level. You have to figure out who's the drifters that are local to you. And yeah, my, maybe not every neighborhood has a drift event within 45 minutes, but I guarantee every state has a place that you can go drifting and probably even closer than that. I would say Within four hours of just about anyone in the United States, you can find a track, a parking lot, a skid pad, an event center that's hosting something in their parking lot, and you can go drifting. But you got to find the people that are throwing those events, and you got to take to social media for that, right? You got to find your your local people on the Facebook groups, on the Instagram, and those kind of things because it's kind of a bummer, but there's not necessarily one database that has all the grassroots drifting, but that's just because could you imagine like a list that had any drag strip every drag strip in the entire united states like it's just so much right and i think that that's where drifting is is becoming like you just got to find the, the people at the local level and the great thing about the drifting community as you know probably a lot of the different motorsports are it's very inclusive if you have a question talk to somebody if you need direction ask if you like heck you can even message me i like to tell people all the time send me your questions i'm happy to answer them like i love getting questions i'm about to get my first drift car what do you recommend what do you think is this is this worth it what, well i have an extra four hundred dollars what should i do with it right and i'm i'm happy to answer those questions and i think that you'd find most of the drifters are the same way because we're just about growing the sport there's no way that guys like me could do what i do if there wasn't newcomers into the sport that are continuing to buy parts and grow the sport just as much as any of us. Hey, and looking to clapped out BMWs, for some reason, man, most drift events I go to, all the youngsters and beat up BMWs, man. So steal <laughs> grandpappies or mama's car yep. and take it to the drift track. <laughs> yeah, I would say the two most popular cars right now, like a, a 350Z and, and a BMW, like the older yep, E36, yep, yep. E40, E46 BMWs. It's just because they're abundant and they're capable. Yeah. All right, well, let's say you got yourself a beater. Uh, you found your, your, your place to go. You found your bros, uh, and, and, you know, you're getting some practice out there. So what are some great tips? And, and, and imagine depending on your setup, it might, might different be, be a little bit different, right? If you've got a thousand horsepower, you might initiate <laughs> a certain way. You know, if you've got a big handbrake lever, uh, but if you've got just a starter vehicle, uh, it might be a little bit different. So how, how do you navigate that? Definitely. So. When you're first learning and you're first starting out, there's kind of like multiple ways to kind of initiate the drift, right? That's what we call it, when you start the drift. You got the age old. I mean, everyone's been doing it since they were a kid. They're, I'm sure their granddaddies <laughs> did the same thing. You pull the handbrake, right? That's the <laughs> that's that's the way to impress the ladies, what they say, right? You, you do the J-turn with the handbrake. We still use it. That's, that's a very important tool in drifting. Uh, but you don't want to overuse it, right? The, the, the best way to really progress and, and get better at driving is remember that we're trying to carry momentum through the drift track. So you want to drive to the run up as fast as you possibly can. You want to initiate the drift with some sort of weight transfer or kick the clutch. That's a really good one. I think a lot of people need to practice. You keep your right foot down, you kick the clutch, 
see what happens. And then you kind of figure it out from there. But <laughs> that's why you kind of start with donuts. You go to figure eights. Then you find your first corner that you want to hit. And you figure, how am I going to do it? Am I going to pull the handbrake? Am I going to kick the clutch? Or am I just going to toss her in there and use the car's power? Because like you said, it just depends. Like if you show up to a drift event with a Mustang or a Corvette, chances are it has enough torque, enough balls that you can just get on the throttle and get her sideways. But some of these other lower power cars, you really have to charge hard and use the momentum of the vehicle. But that's the beautiful thing. There's a lot of times there's beginner drift days. There's beginner drift tracks. Like there's a skid pad where the guys will be like, all right, go spend half a day on the skid pad before you come over to the track where we're trying to link the course out here. There's people out there who are willing to give lessons. So that's, that's the best way. Hey, what do you think about such the increase in skid pads? You, you mentioned that earlier, uh, it, especially in the south, southeast. You're seeing a lot of people go to these motorsports complexes. And yeah, there might be a drag strip incorporated or a small road course, but a lot of people, a lot of kids, a lot of you know younger generations are finding you know a gigantic skid pad is home for an immense amount of fun. <laughs> the thing is, is the skid pad is plenty for so many years. Like for you to graduate and get to the point where you're like, I do never want to drive a skid pad again. I'm over it. Like literally last weekend I was driving out a skid pad and I had the time of my life. And that's just because <laughs> that's the nature, that's the nature of drifting. Not everything needs to be a formula one level circuit for you to go out and have as much fun as you have ever had behind the wheel of a car. And that's, that's why we love drifting because I'm having just as much fun as the kid whose first day out here drifting is. We're literally having the same amount of fun, and we're driving in the same parking lot. That's awesome. Well, ever since the first guy did a burnout, and we're talking just a burnout, <laughs> right? How giddy does every dude get once he's got oh. enough power to just do a burnout? Now you got a big field where you can do burnouts, and you can throw a car around. You can do all kinds of stuff. Like, think about how long that entertain most car guys and the skill set it takes, right? Learning how to really do it and finesse it and dance it. Uh, you're absolutely right. You can do a lot for a long time on a skid pad. Uh, just A, to have fun, but two, to build those skills up you need to, you know, finally really progress to that next level. There's a reason I always say burnouts are like flowers for men, um, <laughs> <laughs> whether it's drifting or just ripping a, ripping a burnout. So, hey, real fast, man, before we run out of time, how do you set your car up? How, walk us through that transition. You, you mentioned how you get into it, how you initiate the, the drift. How, how do you set your car up? What are some tricks that people might want to know uh, from a leader like yourself? So something that's really important in car setup with drifting is self-steer. And I'm, hopefully you guys know what caster is, but for those who don't have any idea what caster is, caster is that thing. When you turn the steering wheel in your car and you let go, it turns back straight and it keeps you driving straight down the road. A lot of people forget that the car is there to help us. We're not just doing every single thing behind the wheel. In a proper setup drift car, you can initiate the drift, throw the wheel, and let go. And that's all due to self-steer and caster. And once you kind of get to the point where you don't have everything bone stock anymore, right? You buy an angle kit, you work with this company, they'll all have recommended specifications. And I think what a lot of people forget is alignments are huge. Not every You can't just eyeball the toe and send it on its way and expect your car to perform at its best. So making sure that your car has an adequate amount of caster so that you have that self-steer is going to make you level up immensely. So more than a factory, like typically, you know, I don't know, five, seven degrees is the sweet spot, give or take. Uh, are you running something in that range or something a lot higher? No, something in that range. But what happens is guys will buy aftermarket parts, throw them on mm. the car, disregard the company's factory settings or the OEM settings, 
eyeball it straight and go to the track and spin out 10 times in a row and kind of wonder what's going on. But that's all due to if you throw the car and it doesn't have any self-steer, you're going for a ride. So I think what's really key in a drift car, there's, there's a couple of things. You want to make sure your handbrake works. And if it does, if the stock cable handbrake doesn't work, get yourself a hydraulic handbrake, real easy. You can run it in line. You don't need four calipers in the back. You tee it to the rear brake lines, run one of those master cylinders that have an in and an out, and you got yourself a hydraulic handbrake. You want some sort of steering angle, you know, if you want to be a little bit of a higher level than just the donuts and the figure eights. And there's so many companies out here that'll sell you a steering knuckle. So, so many, right? Put the knuckle on yourself, throw some wrenches, get your knuckles bloody, but align the car, take it to your buddy, take it to whoever, whatever local alignment shop and get an alignment. But then also having some sort of differential in the back, right? You have to have either a spool, an LSD, something like that. And if you're setting up for the rear, you want to just make sure that the car is not overly stiff, but then also not too soft. Generally speaking, a factory car will be a little bit too soft. So that's why we like to put coilovers on it, stiffen it up a little bit. But you also don't want your car riding like a rock. Like you want some movement, you want some give, because that given the suspension will tell the driver what's going on. If your car is just like a rock, you won't understand why you're spinning out. But if you have a little feedback, you get on the throttle, the car moves backwards a little bit. That'll really help a driver figure out where the car is and, and understand the balance. And with those things, that'll, if you have coilovers, a, ha a hydraulic handbrake, some sort of steering angle, and obviously some safety equipment to pass tech, racing seats, belts, helmet, some sort of roll cage, that'll take you deep into the competition level of drifting even before you would need anything more than that. But man, I just want to, I can't iterate enough. Get your guys' cars aligned so that the car is helping the driver. Because you don't want it fighting you. Mm, that's a good one. Yeah, that's probably something that a lot of people forget because you're not you're not worried about tire wear, right? <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. from a misalignment. Uh, yeah. But you are worried about the car driving the way it's supposed to. Now, do you care at all about oversteer understeer? Is that a factor? I mean, because you're overpowering the tires, or do you set it up to give yourself? An advantage one way or the other so in a professional drift car we basically set the car up to understeer it's so funny but if you if you watch some of us in, a, in our warm-up box right because we'll warm up the tires before we go do the run we put so much emphasis on warming the front tires up because these cars have so much grip in the back that it'll just push the front around basically in any pro drift car if you're driving straight down the road and you do this the car will just go straight it'll just understeer and that's all because of how much grip we're looking for in the rear of the car. So right, right. we set our cars up to understeer, but that's only because we're trying to go as fast as possible. In more of a grassroots car, you would definitely be looking for balance. And what I tell some people that I'm teaching about car setup is, is balance. Remember, you can't have all the grip in the front, otherwise you're just sitting there spinning out. You can't have all the grip in the rear, otherwise you're understeering off and you're probably going to hit a K-wall or something. It's about balance. <laughs> awesome. All good stuff, man. I hope you guys took some notes. Where do people find you socially? How do people follow what's going on? Uh, get with some of the drifting programs, follow you uh, on the schedule. Uh, give us that sort of layout where people can tap into Matt Field at. Definitely. So the organization that I race with is Formula Drift. Um, our events are live streamed on uh, YouTube as well as the Formula Drift website. We also have some events that are live on Mav TV. So that's great that we're actually having some live representation. My social media, it's mattfield777. That's pretty much across all platforms. My uh, platform of choice is definitely Instagram. Uh, unfortunately, I'm a heavy user on that, but that's where I answer the questions and I engage with my fans. And I just recently started getting my own YouTube channel going and it's mattfield777. And 
they're on that YouTube channel. You can follow along. I have event recaps. So every Formula Drift event, you get to look a little bit behind the scenes, see what's going on. It's more about me and the team kind of focus on what's happening off the live stream because not everyone gets to see what goes on there, as well as we're building a brand new C8 drift car. So that's going to be a huge, huge thing that I'm excited about. Mid-engine drifting. I don't know what I'm doing, but we're going to try our best. And we have a whole build series on my YouTube channel about that. So watch us figure out what mid-engine stuff is because I don't know. (laughs) I can't wait to see that one, man. A lot of people following that for sure. Uh, all good stuff there. And don't forget about the TV show airing weekends on the Motor Trend Network. That's where you find it. You can also find it on Motor Trend Plus, which is their streaming format. Great resource to find us as well. Thanks to our guest, Matt Field. Uh, our executive producer, Mr. Bob Ecker, producer Scoop. He is Kevin Bird. I'm Will B for the Two Guys Garage podcast. Yeah, don't forget to check out our website, twoguysgarage.com. Share your thoughts with us. We're everywhere on social, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Two Guys Garage. Now, this Two Guys Garage podcast, it's copyrighted 2023, Britain Productions Incorporated, all rights reserved. Man. Hell yeah, man. This is great speaking with you. I just got a cool point in my uh, my nephew's uh, world, so uh, uh, really cool, man, that uh, you took some time to, uh, to rap with us, brother. Dude, thank you guys so much for including me. You guys are awesome. I really appreciate it. And uh, anytime I can do stuff like this, it's great meeting you guys. Obviously, you guys are hugely influential in the world that I live in. So to be able to do this, it's an honor. Awesome, man. Right on, man. Great having you on, man. Take care, bro. Thank you guys very much. Talk to you soon. Hope you guys have fun, man. We'll catch you on the next Two Guys Garage podcast. Two Guys Garage Podcast is a production of Britain Productions. For more episodes, visit iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.